0: Hey guys and welcome to episode 321 of the Startup Diary brought to you by NBS. I am Harrison Mudge and I'm with my co-host Adam Callow. Hey guys, thanks for joining us and if you're new to the show, this is where myself and
1: Harrison jump on the mics to share what it's truly like to build a startup. We've known this for nearly six years now and we've gone from consulting and bootstrapping to angel investment to venture capital and we make mistakes every single day and we're trying to share those mistakes with you so you don't make them as well harry what's today's topic
0: to open the show today's topic is um from my understanding you recently got yourself a life coach and i think that would be a great opportunity to really dive into kind of what made you decide to get someone to channel your energies and Focus your mind. You should see the
1: sarcasm <laughs> just oozing out of him at this point.
0: I've not fully grasped what your life coach teaches you It's not to a life coach,
1: for God's sake. Anyway, okay, don't turn me down because I'm not going to pop like that again. Because you're not, I wasn't.
0: If you're going to stay hot, I'm going to turn you down. I'm not a life coach. So
1: in previous shows, we spoke about uh, the, the recommendation that I got. So there's a, a friend of mine who runs a business called On The Tools. Um, that's not his name. That would be a weird name. His name is Lee Wilcox. And over the last, I don't know, 12 months, we've caught up every few months. And one of the things that he's told me, well, he's told me two things. He said, Adam, he says, you're making a mistake. I'm like, tell me about it. Like, <laughs> <there's> <laughs> a have li- you heard the show? <laughs> there's a list of them, Lee. Uh, he says, two things that have changed his his role, his thinking, his growth trajectory um, are, <clears throat> excuse me, got a bit of an edit in this for a second, haven't you? Sorry, mate. Trajectory. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <clears throat> the two things that have significantly impacted his growth trajectory are, one, a PA. And that sounds super fancy. Like, I think I might have covered it on a previous show or whether it was in our meetup. And I was like, that's just ridiculous. It was like, Call it ridiculous, but for what you pay and what you get, it makes sense to have someone control your diary. Yeah,
0: the, the amount of time you're in your inbox, Yeah. Even that alone just to free up that time. Like you literally put your headphones on and just spend like an hour just burning through your inbox. Two and a half hours a day, not on inbox, but on what
1: I class as. <clears throat> if you look at my calendar now, it's classed as uh, team, admin, and inbox. So that's sort of spending time with the team, go through my personal admin and that might be down to like booking a hotel or Mm. doing like trains and yeah, my wife helps me with that occasionally but she's getting really busy right now with verified so that sort of thing and to get two hours a day back would be amazing Mm. so I'm like "Mm, interesting not there yet
0: okay maybe be interesting to try though because it's 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 the trust thing it's not um, it's the
1: trust thing man for me and he was like get over yourself he's like
0: everyone thinks they're really interesting he
1: says you're not that interesting what's
0: the what's What's the trust that you need?
1: People are going to have access to my inbox. So that's um, communications with clients, communications with the board, contracts, negotiations, um, things that the board are pressing me to do that I'm pushing back again. They'll just know everything.
0: Wouldn't you or wouldn't they or both of you sign some sort of agreement that says, like, either not, yeah, an, and, not an NDA necessarily? I think it would it, be a NDA? agreement, yeah. NDA. Yeah. yeah, it would be. If, yes, you, yes, you, if you find a professional, they're gonna do it. They're gonna follow the rules anyway, so surely yeah. they should hopefully ease your mind on that.
1: Yeah, they they should. And I think I'm making excuses because it it sounds super fancy, and I'm it's, like,
0: it's it's the finger. It's it's your it's your torn ligament and your finger stopping you from going for a run. It's the it, same, it's the same excuse. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Just just an excuse. is what yeah. it is. Yeah. I went for a run last night uh, on a treadmill. On you. Thank you, man. Um, so he's he's been banging that drum for a while, and it's I'm listening. But the second thing you mentioned was he classed it as a business coach. Okay.
0: Business coach. You're gonna write no, that one. No, that's not down? the term. That's not the okay. term. Okay. Yeah, you can hold Still all the, lifestyle all coach. St- <laughs>
1: so I was like, why do you need a business coach? And he was like tell me a reason why you shouldn't have one. Like, I was like, well, what is it? <laughs> uh, he said- Isn't it obvious? He's been going there for 18 months now. Uh, and he's got a coach who he goes to once a week, spends an hour with once a week. And his feedback has been, it's, it's completely changed his mindset about the business. Mm-hmm. And after I spent a bit of time thinking about it, and then a couple of things came together, I then read a book called Trillion Dollar Coach about Bill Campbell. then I started to actually understand what a coach does it's not like someone telling you what to do it's someone firstly it's like a sounding board Mm -hmm. it's someone to go and speak to about the business like everything the highs the lows the worries and as a Lee's actually got two co-founders I don't have that so I'm like really isolated sometimes Mm. so just to have that person to go and speak to that's neutral don't get me wrong I've got friends I've got the board but they've all got their own way of looking, I'm gonna air quote it, their own way of looking after me slash Mm. dealing with me. Um, So so have someone that's got experience in business to speak to, super valuable. Um, And then when I went through the Trillion Dollar Coach, it was more around, the coach isn't telling you what to do, he's bringing the best out of you. And that's why the term that when I went there and he was like, uh, it's not therapy, here's what coaching is, it's forward thinking. Okay, we're working on the future. It's not, it's not a business coach, it's not a lifestyle coach. He said he's a performance coach. Performance coach. Okay, so you got that one. <laughs> and he says, to define the difference, therapy is looking back, coaching is working forward. He says, if something comes up in one of these conversations that I think is more therapy based, I'm gonna recommend it to someone because that's not what I do. I'm all about okay. what you're working on today, what's moving forward, how do we get the very best out of you, so you can then go and get the best out of your team. And it's not actually just about work. We kind of, I learned that like, if you imagine I'm the center of a lot of different circles as in my life, Mm -hmm. my health, my business. So it's working on your, the reason it's not just a business coach, it's working on yourself. So then you can become overall better. Think about when you're on an airplane, you put your own gas mask on first so you can help other people. Uh, That's the analogy that I use uh, in terms of, Making myself as good as I can be so then I can dedicate time yep. to help others. So he spoke about it for ages and then we, we had him on the podcast. So if you, if you, by the time this, you listen to this on the Startup Diary, you'll start stories, our other podcast will be out, yep. which is where I interview cool people. Um, and we obviously spent some time recently with League. we interviewed him on the mics. He came to the office and he banged on about it again. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. So I bit the bullet. Uh, I went and had a session um, with Gavin last week. Uh,
0: yeah, so that's me, man.
1: That's 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 the backstory.
0: So, so I'm still. So I know what it's called now. So what exactly? So give me an example. Give me your first meeting. When when did you start doing this? Last week. So. So you've had, you only had one session. One
1: session at the point of recording this. I've got another one booked in this week, uh, and I'm gonna go. There's a time investment. There's a money investment. Hmm. Um, Can I ask how much? Yeah, 150 pounds an hour.
0: And you? And it's just an hour. An hour. Yeah. And are you? Is it like? I assume it's not in a coffee shop somewhere. It's no. It's is. So he's got like a studio. farm.
1: There's a farm that I went to. Just a field full of entrepreneurs, <laughs> and he's just, just cultivating them. them. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a farm, and this is what he does. So, I think i went in like really skeptical just being mm. honest the reason i went in is because i trust lee i like it. the way that he's spoken about it and the how loud he's banged this drum mm. i thought like there must be something here
0: um, yeah and from from sort of conversations we've had it sounds like on the tools and lee has, has progressed quite a lot in in sort of recent months and, and over the last year or so so and if he's putting it down to this yep.
1: guy i think as well the on the tools, the on the tools business has progressed, but. I don't know what's public and what's not so I'm not going to speak too mm. much but where that business is going he's he's made some really big bets yeah. which I think I don't think he would have done without someone nudging mm. him not telling him to do it but nudging him and giving him the confidence to do it so
0: yeah, well, from, from my understanding the guy's not telling anyone to do anything they're, exactly. they're asking you what you think the right decision is and to make to make sure those decisions that you're making yourself the right ones and, yep. and getting you to think about it
1: so um, £150. Pounds. I'm not sure whether that's even meant to be public or not, but I guess it is. It's a bloody service. Um, so £150 pounds for the hour. Uh, first session uh, last week. Going to go probably every week to start with and then reduce the consistency mm-hmm. as I start to build up my tool set in terms and of my d- understanding.
0: Does he recommend that? or?
1: Yeah. He says normally people come like every two weeks. He says, I like to start off every week, build up some good foundations, mm-hmm. and then we can take it based on what you need. If there's big things taking place in the business people tend to scale up the the sessions if it's going quiet mm-hmm. or there's no real challenges that you're facing we, we wind it back down um and i guess one of the things that i went in very skeptical is like fucking. it's like marketing like there's a great quote that i read yesterday which is marketing is like sex everyone thinks they're good at it <laughs> and I think in my mindset I think coaching is the same like everyone thinks they can give advice Mm. so I went in kind of like well what the fuck do you know like show me what you've done mentality Mm. Um, and I kind of went in genuinely I went in with that I was like okay bit guarded on the drive in there I thought I'm going into this meeting with completely the wrong mindset Mm. if I've if I've trusted Lee and I know this guy I just need to go in with zero expectations and basically have this first session to learn about this. And to give him credit, he's been doing this for 10 years. He's coached everyone from like me and Lee to like Google execs. Like the guy's a professional. Bill Gates has even been the profe- <laughs> Bill Gates was walking out <laughs> as I was walking in with a little fist bump, we carried on. Um, he saw I was using an Apple device. He slapped your <laughs> iPad out <laughs> your hand. <laughs> um, I think in the first 10 minutes, He spoke about him, what coaching is, what to expect, how accountability works. If I'm not prepared to do the work in between sessions, don't come back basically. Mm. Um, And then- So he's he's setting you tasks. Yeah, so I have to go with a, a notepad and pen. And as we're talking through what's happening, in the first session was all about me. He wanted to just learn a bit about mm-hmm. me. He'd done a lot of research on me, actually, before walking in. Um, I guess it's just stuff. What did he find out I guess about, it's yeah. just, he didn't reveal. He was like, well, I know you do oh, these things, okay. and I've done, a, I've done a bit of research, but let me hear it from you. Okay. So then went through stuff, and then he, ex- he kind of explained what coaching is. And the way that I can best explain it, which is going to be really shit, I'm going to do my best, is they don't tell you what to do. They try and bring the best out of you. But a good coach, from what I understand, has just had lots of experience with different entrepreneurs and seen lots of things. But this guy has worked his way up from where he was in his previous career to becoming the leadership coach for people like Aldi and, and other companies. So he, he, he basically did coaching for big exec teams and they put him through a, a a coaching program which is a gold standard I researched it okay so he and the
0: thing that, that gave me some confidence because he so he's, explained, not, he's not just a guy asking questions exactly yeah it's not like just that you feel good about yourself sort of thing
1: exactly so and that made me feel a bit more comfortable and then the thing that I take away from it more importantly is he has a number of tools he, he clearly just have like a toolbox next to him in mm. his head he's like okay so whatever you're talking about I'm gonna f- let you talk let you talk and he makes notes and then he kind of pulls you back to a point and then zooms in on that point. Okay. And then something that classed as like a passing comment, he realized actually there's a, there's a thing there, what's going on? And then he's got like this Swiss army belt of tools to go, you need to learn about this. Here's what it means and here's how you implement it. Make a note, we'll go through it. He'll, he'll give me the high level concept, but he'll make me accountable for doing something about that activity before we meet the next time. So then he'll he'll like zoom in on that one bit because he'll find something there in terms of how I spoke about it. And then he'll basically pull out his toolkit and he'll go, okay, you said this. I'm like, really? He went, yeah, you said this word for word. Tell me more. <laughs> and then I'll explain the situation to him. And then he'll be like, okay, um, an example. Okay, so he taught, taught me something called the bell jar activity. Mm-hmm. Because... He gathers that I'm a fairly emotional, reactive person in terms of something goes well, I'm like cheering. Something goes bad, I'm like, fuck. Uh, Because I wear my heart on my sleeve. Like I'm very open, transparent with the team. And I guess this was like three quarters into the session. He just gathered because I I went there. Mm. And I was just like, cards on table, here's where I am. Because I didn't want to go guarded. And he went, well, as humans, we get something really interesting. And that's called choice. He says, what you need to understand is there's a stimulus. Something happens in your external world. And then as a result of that stimulus, there's a reaction. He says, but in between, there's something called a choice and you get to choose how you deal with what's happened. Mm. So what I want you to do, and there's something called a bell jar, which um, from my understanding, it's back back in the day, if you went around someone's back garden, they'd have plants and they'd have like a glass jar that they put over the plants to make sure the bugs didn't eat them. Mm-hmm. That was called a bell jar. He says, when something comes into your world that you want to react to, put a bell jar over it and think, it's not good. It's not bad. It's information. And then digest it. So if a team comes in and goes, holy shit, we've just we've just got an email from this client and uh, they don't want to renew with us and it's our biggest client. Like normally, you, you go off on one. It's really hard, but when when you as a leader have that mentality, uh, then the whole team believe it's okay to react to everything in highs and lows and extremes. He says, and that's not how you build a good team culture. So regardless whether it's really good news or really bad news is you bring it in. It's not good, it's not bad, it's information. You put the bell jar on the top of it Mm -hmm. and then you take a second to process it. Because what that does is educate your team two things. One, we think through our decisions here. And nothing's, nothing's gonna nothing's gonna put the, us out of business in, mm-hmm. in one email, as an example. Uh, but secondly, it makes everyone feel a little bit calmer. And some people in the business are have been here for a very long time, and they know me, and they know that regardless of bad news comes in and I react to it, that the thicker skin people in the team will be like, <sighs> everything will be okay, it works out. But as the company grows and we bring new people in mm-hmm. and they see the CEO worrying or stressing or swearing, some people won't react well to that mm. and it'll make them nervous and they'll go home and they'll panic and they'll come in the next day and be like, oh, like is the job safe? Like, or, mm. or, or have I done a bad job? And they'll start to get in their own head. So he, he explained this to me and he said, before you come back next week, try your hardest to get a bell jar out. So when something comes into your world, put this bell jar over it and it's not good, it's not bad, it's information. And then just make a note of, what happened, how I felt instantly,
0: and then what I did after the fact. So I've missed like two opportunities to do this. <laughs> that's, that's quite hard though. It's really hard. Like, for, as general advice, that's really good for everyone um, to like think, stop and think before you react because obviously when, when you when you react with emotion, it's never logical because that's the difference between emotion and, and like you either think or you react. Yeah. So yeah. Um, but to actually stop yourself from emotionally reacting to something <laughs> in the first place, because normally people will emotionally react and then think, "Shit, probably shouldn't have done that." Apologize because that's the order of things. Because yep. you can't—it's hard to interrupt that process. Like, how do you? For, how, I guess the question for me is, how do you? Um, how do you see those? Uh, situations rise and then interrupt your emotional response? What it comes down to for me is just
1: self-awareness. And this isn't going to happen overnight. And that's the one thing that I understand is if I can catch myself once or twice in a week, great. But there's a bigger thing at play, which means it's not about my emotions. Mm. And as a leader of a team, I need to be aware of that. So it's actually my responsibility to get better at this because if I don't, my whole team will become emotionally reactive to everything that takes place. And I'm emotional, but then I get to logic. Mm. Like the decisions we make after the fact are always logical. But I need to understand that it's my responsibility to set a tone and the culture within the organization to it's not good, it's not bad, it's information. And will allow everyone in the team to have dip, more difficult conversations because they know the boss is not gonna go batshit crazy because we dropped Mm. the ball. Like there'll be a time, there'll be a thought process and there'll be, okay, here's what we have to do. So that was just one example. And I've gone away and learnt about it. And I've got an exercise to do now where I'm trying to find myself and it's really hard. There's two opportunities which I know now that I should have put a bell jar over it because I I acted too emotionally. One in work, one in business. Sorry, one in work, one in personal. And I didn't. And I knew after the fact, I was like, that mm. was the opportunity. So I think what's happening over time is I'm going to keep catching myself late. But then you'll start catching mm. one or two. And imagine
0: it's like... Yeah, I think um, to to catch yourself before you actually react it. Uh, and again, I'm speaking like I've nailed it myself. I've not. But I think, um, like, for example, with an email, it's easier because you can receive an email, emotionally react internally, and then think, you know what, I'm going to come back to that. Mm-hmm. So you can, like that, there's already like a built-in... Like there's a couple of beats for you to think about it before you respond. Um, so I guess just like you say, it's the self-awareness. And so when it's like, for example, you ask me or tell me some bad news or something rather than me going, fucking hell, it's yep. like, okay. Deep breath, think about it. Okay, I've taken that on board, give me five minutes. Yep. It's just, I guess, just trying to build that process into, I, to almost, you'd have to almost apply it to everything so that you can at least practice that
1: process in your mind. But that's why it's that's why it's a performance coach, not a business coach, because I'm working on me right now. And to your point, I can't just think, "Oh, in business, I'll bell jar it; in work, I'll go fucking mental." Mm. Like it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. So the way there was a comment in there is, it says, "The goal. I like to go in there with ideas of what I'm trying to get out of coaching." And the way that he sort of explained something back to me was your job as a CEO is to have this engine running. And you can basically put your ear next to the door of your organization and understand that needs tweaking. Mm. Like you should be going in and refining and helping and coaching and supporting your team. And I was like, well, I haven't got time to do that right now, I'm working. He was like, Adam he says, do you realize the most inefficient you are in your business is when you're doing work? <laughs> I was like, pardon? I'm fucking good. <laughs> and he's like, as a CEO of a company, beyond two, three, four people, the most inefficient time spent is you doing work. He says your job, if you make every one of your team more productive, just by 10%, you've got an extra team member because you've got 12 members. You've got 120% increase in capacity. You've got an extra person. So don't worry about you doing the work. Either find the person That's to do the work or... Support the team to be more efficient. Remove their roadblocks. And it's this, I won't go into it too much detail because this show could keep going on, Mm. but it's this sort of thing that I am making a time commitment and a monetary commitment to become better. And I never thought I'd do it because I've got an ego, to be really honest. I've got an ego and I thought, I will work this out for me. And being really honest, because I've had um, characters around my boardroom That have tried to coach me and I use inverted commas but it's felt like doing homework Mm. and it's felt like doing their to-do list i've really pushed back against it and that's probably why it's taken me so long to get on board with this
0: but do you think their intentions were good then but you just because of the relationship you had it felt like there was more to it than just genuine advice no okay (laughs) no I thanks for listening to the
1: (laughs) no no and and this is because not to talk about boardroom politics too much, but every CEO needs to understand that a boardroom has its own dynamic. Everyone has their own agenda. And what I've done poorly in the past is bring everyone along the journey that we're on and been pulled a bit from pillar to post, Mm -hmm. which has meant that because I've not been strong enough to dig my feet in as the CEO and lead it, is they kind of go, oh, it's wavering, so let's pull him this way. So they've done their job because they've saw inconsistency. Uh, But that means that they've put their own agenda first compared to the companies because they haven't been clear on the companies. So I need to do a better job on that front by me becoming better as a person. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually, oddly, the last board meeting we had was the best we've ever had because I was just unwavering in what we're doing. Mm Because I've spent three months working on it. I was just unwavering what we're doing. Boardroom was, uh, the meeting was an hour shorter because they had nothing else to say because we covered everything off. Um, But no, I think... I think that and the level of detail that I go into with the board is very commercial it's business mm. whereas the performance coach if he if I say this about business he might dig deeper and go well, I don't think it's actually about the business that we're talking about here mm. that's what's going on behind the scenes I would never get into that with the board which is not the place yeah. so I think that's where the difference comes in um, and I guess for me for for the for the podcast is I'm going to be going on this journey like do you th-
0: like, where do you want to take this for the show? Well, I think if you're going to be going and seeing this guy for a, a few months, however, however long you're going to see him for, it's going to be interesting to see and hear kind of, like, for example, when you, when's when your next one? Next week, yeah? This week. This week, cool. So next week, we will have another, I guess he's going to have another self-task, self, a self-awareness task for you to think about. Um, to dive into that and like any justifications, any, um, what's the word I'm thinking of, epiphanies that you might have for yourself or for the business, I think will be quite interesting. I think one one thing to just kind of keep it geared towards the audience though, is like what can they take away from this? Because not everyone's necessarily got however much it's going to cost to see a performance coach. <laughs> well done. Um, but how can someone get Similar kind of results or like do they just find someone that they can speak to that's a sounding board do they need to look for someone that has that's in a similar situation that they can just get advice from
1: yes um, that's an awesome question and I guess a couple of things one <clears throat> super interesting that you think it'll be interesting to bring back on the mics because I'm going to be
0: learning a lot and like every week I've got actions and activities and accountability mm-hmm. things and, um, and this, I- this is the diary of expert trades and Adam Callow and obviously there's a lot of parallels that other people can draw from what you're going through. It may not be the exact same journey but I think that a lesson that someone learns and shares with someone else means that they don't have to go through necessarily the full full class.
1: (laughs) So on that is what I'll try and do is I've got like four or five things from the first session that I think would be interesting for the mics. Mm -hmm. So we'll try and work out timings to get them on and bring them on, but only when they're actionable for more than just me. So mm-hmm. I think an example being that whole bell jar thing that we've very briefly covered, I think that's something that people can go and think about because it's, it's not hard to conceptualize, it's not hard to know, it's hard to practice. Mm. So Definitely. what I'll do is I'll bring back what I'm learning, if it's relevant for the audience, in a way that means that they can take away some actions from it. To get to the second point of your question, I understand that this is a huge financial commitment and I pushed against it. Like, it's a lot, it's a lot of money, like, a lot of money. For me, and I'm like, if I can't invest in me, this company is always going to be where I'm today, it's never going to outgrow me. One of the things I've raised on the podcast before is if the company goes well, will it outgrow me? Will I no longer be the right person to mm-hmm. run the company when it's 25, 30, 50 people strong?
0: well that's the goal right
1: That the goal is to for grow to, it
0: to, to grow it but for you to step like that's what we've just spoke about is that you need to stop working in the business and work on it or step back and let it run itself
1: but to do that I need to become a better leader so when I think about it the financial commitment over the space of 12 months even if I went every single week which I, I likely won't um, for me to be privileged enough right now to expense that mm. to the company and use that as an opportunity for me to get better, it makes sense. If if you're not in that position, there will be cheaper coaches. There'll be more expensive coaches. There'll be everyone on the spectrum. I think the, the biggest bit of advice I would get is, or give, is this whole thing about mentors. Mm. So a mentor is super important um, and I've got them. Uh, and I've got people, and I haven't just got one because one mentor is not the right answer because people are specialists and can help you in different ways. So. We have a great example of a a member of our community who is going like great guns with everything. He's got this self doubt. He's got this worry. He's got this concern. And the only advice we could give him when he came and met us was go find a mentor. And he did. And he did that by reaching out to people that he respected in that industry or adjacent industries. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing how receptive people are to helping you. Um, So I would say the first step for people before they even think about coaching, because there's this cost-benefit thing, which is if you're a if you're a sole trader and you're a one-person company, the value that you're going to get from having a coach one hour a week, um, in terms of the direct impact it's going to make in your business, is low, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially for the, how much you're going to pay out. The reason it makes sense for me is how I rationalise it is I'm paying ten pound per employee per week. Mm-hmm. I'm like actually, yeah. for me. Do I pay 10 pounds per employee to make that employee better? And, and what I mean by that is if I get better, they get better. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a relatively small investment for me per person. Um, go and find a mentor go and reach out and try and find someone that you respect. and I guess the conversations to have at that point are you're not trying to find someone that is a yes man. you're trying to find someone that respects and is two, three, five, ten years ahead of you in your game and go and learn from them. And what that relationship looks like will vary. There might be some cash. I would avoid that. There might be equity. I'd avoid that. Mm-hmm. Time to start with. People are receptive to it. Go and reach out to people and see what it's like opening up because if you can't open up, there's zero point doing it. If you can't put cars on the table and be honest, you're never going to get anything away from it. You may as well stop it there. Um, so that's my advice. Go and find someone as a mentor and speak to people. Then grow the business and then just keep your your ears and eyes open to people around you I only knew about this because of Lee. Your network is super important. Mm -hmm. Listen to them. If there's people in your network that you respect, take the advice that they're giving out and try it. What's the worst that can happen?
0: Like it. We'll uh, we'll leave it there. Looking forward to following up on your performance coach journey. Thanks for getting it right. Guys, we'll be back right after this break with listener questions. Listener question time. Are you ready, Adam? Let's go. We've got a few today. Good selection um first one is from jason and he asks what tool do you use for tracking sales i sell creative services and it's just me doing sales at the moment in between doing the work uh, but i want to build a process as i know the next step for me is to bring on another designer then a salesperson any advice would be great
1: cool okay so jason is solopreneur so like single operator mm-hmm. creative agency trying to build some form of sales process I want to know the tool
0: there's like the software uh, yeah he says what tool do you use for tracking sales okay um, so
1: I'm just going to premise this with there's loads of different tools out there but as what we've learned in the business is any tool that you use is only ever as good as the stuff you put into mm-hmm. it so regardless of what you choose to use whether it's from sales from email marketing from stuff like monday.com what we use for just workflow if Jason's like a des- say he's a designer a creative uh,
0: yeah he sells creative services so, <laughs> so I- he's
1: probably got his own software for workflow and he'll know this like he's probably gone through loads of different tools mm-hmm. like Trello, Asana Monday, DePulse whatever it used to be called DePulse um, and it's only ever as good as the information you put in in terms of sales software I've flicked between a few the one that we've settled on is PipeDrive Um, I've seen that. Not a sponsor of the show, just to make it clear. Uh, But Pipedrive is the one that we prefer for a number of different reasons. Uh, One, uh, you can load all your customer database in there. But as you decide to put deals in, you choose your own pipeline of deals. So you can choose the stages. So it might be contacted, um, quote sent, in negotiation. You can choose your own pipelines depending on the service that you sell. So you might have one pipeline for a web sales platform or one pipeline for logo design. So then he can actually use it partly as workflow and partly as sales. But most importantly for me, the new feature is you can now assign a value and then a percentage of likelihood of closing that deal. Mm-hmm. So let me just explain. So let's just say we cold outreach to someone to try and do a deal with them here at Expert Trade. Yep. Um, the percentage chance of that we put down as zero because it's completely cold. But what we're trying to sell them might be a 5,000 pounds package. As we move them through the pipeline, we know because we've just got three, four years of historic data, is when we send a quote, how many of those do we convert? Let's just say it's one in two, argument's sake. So it actually visualise the value in your pipeline based on actual probability of you closing it. So if you put a 5,000 pound deal in, in the quote stage, at the end of your pipeline, it will show you, you've got 2,500 pounds that you're gonna close. So it's actually, and that sounds really complex, but as a salesperson, as you're building a sales team out, I don't care about the value in the pipeline. I care about what's the amount of money we're going to close from our existing pipeline because he might send 10 website proposals and know that he closes 2 in 10 so when he sends a proposal across in Pipedrive he can put 20% probability of the close so then the money that he's going to actually forecast is accurate that went a bit deep
0: for- does, it, does it do auto like you just said he puts 20% in yep is is there anything that Pipedrive does automatically on the back end like if if you're marking as one lost whatever does it can it do some cool things like figure out I wish or, I, I, or at least give you some sort of reporting I suppose makes more sense
1: reporting's all there so you can back it. the mm. probability side of it we've only just started to roll out and It's a really Interesting question because we're just hiring our first BDM, our business development manager. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've spent the last two months working on Pipe Drive and cleaning the data and building the pipelines and the funnels and all that good stuff. So I know my own probability. So I've put it in manually. I'm 90% sure there'll be something there to do it automatically, but you get all the reports off the back end mm-hmm. of it. So to answer the question, Pipe Drive is what we use. Um, it's only as good as the data you put into it. And third thing on Pipe Drive uh, is. I've got like warning flags everywhere in the system because unless <laughs> unless you have a fo- yeah uh, <laughs> unless you have a follow-up action associated to a deal, it's got a warning flag next to it. Which as a salesperson as in So when I put a deal into pipe drive or let's just say I am sending a proposal across to a client and I put that into the I move that across to proposals, very much like Trello, like you move stuff across in a board format. So I move it across to proposal sent. Unless I put an activity, which would be a telephone call, a task, an email with a date and a time, it says, hey, hey, you've got this in here, but you haven't got a follow-up. So it kind of acts as like your little manager, your little PA to be like, great, you've got all these deals, but none of them have got follow-up actions. Go and put your follow-up actions in. Then that integrates with your Google Calendar to tell you when you've got follow-up actions. And you can actually do one thing that we used to do, but because we're moving to a team format, we can't use it this way anymore until I buy more seats. You can integrate it to your email. So when I was using it just for me, and and what's the chap's name, Jason, if yeah. for the sales guy that he hires, get him a Pipedrive seat or her a Pipedrive seat, and then every email that comes in goes through Pipedrive. So if it can see that we're doing a deal with Monument Tools, every email associated to Monument Tools falls into that customer. So all I have to do is go into Pipedrive, click into Monument Tools, and see all my email threads and conversations, mm-hmm. and then build my actions off the back of that. So super smart, Loads of functionality that is there that I haven't even spoke about, but that's the tool that we use. Uh, cost fifteen euros
0: per month. Is it free to
1: try? I guess be so. like, would there be like a trial? free to try? Yeah, yeah definitely yeah. free to try. But there's no like freemium plan. I think it's all paid for. for. Um, but it integrates with everything, and that's one of the things to look out for. If you built, if you're, if you're currently using other software, mm. the thing that we're really bad at but moving to is integration of platforms. So we've got Monday.com for workflow. Um, Example being now, if I've got a lead, I can forward it to Monday and it pre-populates that in our workflow tool. Um, So think about the platforms it integrates to. If Jason's using current platforms he's going to stick with, just check Pipedrive integrates with it Mm -hmm. and then build his workflows and do the hard work
0: up front so then the sales process becomes easy. Like it. Hopefully that answers your question, Jason. Let us know if you actually get on to uh, Pipedrive or if you settle on something else. If you've got anything better, send it in. Stop diary at mbs.fm. Perfect, Harry. The second one is for you. Whoa, Danny asks,
1: where do you find music to use in the video work you do, Harry? Do you buy
0: it or just use royalty free? That is a great question.
1: People, people say that to buy time. <laughs>
0: uh, well, we use Epidemic Sound. Uh, you'll see a lot of YouTubers use it. Um, just great library of high quality music Um, and you can even you can go on there and like download some of the tracks and just get a feel for what it's like and then it's uh, I believe so we're slightly different because we're on the equivalent of like an enterprise package because we deal with a lot of clients and we have a contract that covers us for content that we make for them Uh, but I think it's as it's as low as like ten dollars a month sort of thing Um, and that's just royalty free but you get quality stuff. You can get free, genuinely free music so you don't have to pay for it. Um, like YouTube has music on there. So if you wanted, wanted to make a YouTube video, uh, I can't actually remember where it is now, but it's it's somewhere on there. There's If you just Google YouTube royalty free, it'll link you to the page. It literally loads of tracks, you preview them, download them, use them to your heart's content. There is different, different uh, tiers as in some of them would like a credit in... The comments or the sum that's like literally just use this music to your heart's desire
1: if that's free why are we not using free
0: music what's the benefit because of using epidemic sound the the quality of the music so the stuff that you find on youtube is again it, it sums some, better than others so the ones that want the credit have obviously put more time into the audio so it like it's got the just the production value of the song is better go on epidemic sound um like the some of the music's on Spotify because it's, it's genuine music that you're using Epidemic Sound's not the only one there is uh probably should have wrote a list for this but uh if you just google royalty free music there's there's all sorts out there I can't think there's a uh, Premium Beats is another one or there is um who does uh it's not Creative Market I'm thinking of or I think it's like Invato Env- or something like that there's there's loads of different platforms, but... Yeah, yeah. Envato owns ThemeForest, so they likely have... Yeah, so there's... Yeah, so some somewhere along that, they'll they'll have um, stop music. But I believe they work on a by-song basis. Yep. So each track, you can preview it online. Audio Jungle, that's what it is. There you go. Audio Jungle is another one, but you can pay for individual... I guess there's probably a subscription, but you can pay for individual tracks. So it's like $20 for a track. But obviously, if you do a lot of videos that gets expensive really quick. Whereas uh, Epidemic Sounds subscription service basically kind of covers you for, I think for like individuals, it covers on a view basis. So if you've got like an audience of yep. 100,000 or whatever, you covered up to that for tier one. Tier two is like 100,000 to half a million or... Yep. Like, there's different tiers. You'd have to check it out. But yeah, we... Um, find it online Google it If it depends on your, what your budget is if you're working with clients as well that's always a good thing um, again Epidemic Sound we've got a contract that covers us for those things just explain what that is to the people so you can't you can't pull you can't technically have a song on multiple people's projects and use it for um, commercial work unless you've got copyright agreement from everyone involved yep um again i'm i'm not 100% on the ins and outs of the, of the law of like cuz you see people can use like 8 seconds of video and yep. things like that so like what what's actually allowed is is debatable but this is just a cover all basis make sure that we're not going to be breaking any laws because the last thing would the last thing we would want to do is make a video for a client and then they get a video taken down because of copyright infringement and then they're going to come straight back to us and be like you made the video for us. We've just got a copyright strike. If that happens, which it could because someone could flag it and not know, we can just say, hey, we've got this contract that literally says for all parties involved and for all clients that we work with. So yeah, it just covers your ass for, <laughs> for copyright infringement basically because you can't use people's other people's work without their permission yep that's fundamentally
1: it makes sense cool um and then danny if you have any follow-up questions to that or if you go and use one of the services uh, Mm. let us know Uh, we're always looking to hear about new tools and services
0: uh, but hopefully that has helped and then finally we have paul uh what advice do you have for someone that is just starting with facebook advertising that's a big question. To be honest, I saw you put that Pack into- the, lunch because this I is know. a big one. <laughs> I saw
1: you put that into into the show notes and I was like, oh, where do you start with that? So Facebook advertising is a massive, a massive beast and a massive topic. Uh, and for the listener question side of this, I'm going to try and keep it short. Um, so I would say the quickest win that you can have with Facebook advertising is, I'm going to assume that you've done the, the research to understand your customer types. So like who are the personas that you're trying to reach? Because with Facebook, you can be so specific in terms of age. I'll give you an example. So we work with trades professionals. So let's just say an a gas engineer. We can run adverts from that gas engineer's page to people within a five mile radius of his or her address that have a family and have just changed address because they've updated it on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So then for context, we'd run an advert that says, hey, just moved home is your boiler safe book us in for a service because we know they care about safety because they've got kids they've just moved home that's extremely relevant Mm -hmm. so as soon as you have done that piece of work and you know who your target audience is the lowest hanging fruit in my opinion is custom audiences I just think it's an easy place to start
0: and then just start to identify the power of Facebook so just to jump in we did a previous episode uh, episode 311 sales training identifying customer types is that the step one that you're talking about? this 100%. So go and listen to episode 311.
1: Um, learn about that before you roll into Facebook. Too many people jump in and then click, hit boost and just expect yeah. something to happen. <laughs> the amount of times we've seen it on accounts where someone's just clicked boost to the mm. UK and they only trade within 10 miles of their postcode. Yeah, like 99.9% of that spend was completely wasted. Mm-hmm. So go and do that first. But then pulling it back to custom audiences is an easy place to start. If you've been in business for a while or you have any customers, you have their their data. And this is fully GDPR compliant. So you can take that customer list and upload it into Facebook. So we sell websites to trade professionals. We've got about 500 customers. So we can take that list and upload it and create a custom audience. And if you listen to this, you might think, well, why would you do that? They're people you're already selling to, you've got a relationship with. These people have specific attributes and the pages that they follow, mm. the groups that they're in, they'll have common trends between them. They're all trades professionals, gas engineers, electricians. So we tell Facebook, look at these customers and then create a lookalike list. So go and find me more people on Facebook that look and act like my existing customers because they're the people that are gonna be the lowest hanging fruit for you to get in front of. So Paul, I had to glance down to catch his name. So Paul, go and take your existing customer database and upload it, create a custom list of those and then create a lookalike list and then run adverts against that list and then start with that. If you don't yet have a list big enough, which it would be the follow-up question to this, I think, um, the next thing you should do, and to be honest, you should do this anyway, go and install the Facebook Pixel mm-hmm. on your website. You can't backdate it. So sounds a bit geeky. It's really easy. It's a little bit of code. If you built the website yourself, you'll know how to do it. If not, it will take any developer 30 seconds to install. Okay, What it means is if someone browses your website today and they close down the window, two days later they open up the phone again and browse Facebook, it goes, hey, these two people, mm-hmm. this IP address, this identifier is the same. So then you build up a list of people that have visited your website. So let's just say, does Paul say what he does? So let's just say Paul sells, he's a personal trainer, okay? I say he's a personal trainer, he's got a personal trainer's website. So what he could then do is put this pics on his website and he might do recovery, injury recovery, or he might do uh, another service, might be uh, zero to 10K, like just training, okay? Mm-hmm so if someone goes to his recovery page on his website the pixel will say actually we've got these 712 people that have been to the recovery page on your website so using the facebook pixel you can send an advert just to those people that says hey have you recently been injured click here to book a free consultation (laughs) it's the same stuff that follows you on the internet when you browse shoes on amazon and Mm -hmm. then they follow you everywhere it's just a remarketing pixel but it makes your facebook advertising so efficient it's this whole shotgun compared to a sniper rifle approach. It makes it so efficient, and when you're efficient on Facebook, it's cheaper because you're not you're not spraying and praying. Is is the yeah. the process?
0: And, and Facebook actually want you to serve relevant ads to the audience rather than just showing nonsense. Like so, that, so it's in everyone's best interest for you to to do do it well or yep. you just pay through the nose
1: for it 100% because you're taking up the news feed mm. they want you to serve things that are relevant because they want users to keep coming back and engaging with them mm. so the more relevant the ad the cheaper it's going to be so those two little hacks the custom audiences and the Facebook pixel are the place that I recommend everyone to start and then Paul once you've done that and you've listened to 311 please follow up because I would be more than happy to go deeper because this is what I do like day to day for clients mm. so Paul follow up go and do those two things and any follow up questions let me know
0: Nice. Thank you, Paul. Right. We shall go into last week, this week, right after this short break. And we are back with last week, this week, Adam. What? Cool. Been, what, what? And we're back with last week, this week. Adam, what have you been up to? Keep Obviously, sh- you've had your coaching. Had my coaching session. Cover that at the top of the show. Not going
1: <laughs> to go over that again. Open that uh, can of worms. And then when I thought about last week, I guess the next thing that stood out is... Um, It was my kid's third birthday on Friday. So I took the day off um, and then went to Legoland. But again, this is about sort of not going over stuff twice. If you guys want to learn about Legoland, go listen to Dad Knows Best, Mm. which is another podcast on the NBS network that we do. Um, And then the third thing for me, Leon. So Leon is our new graphic designer. Leon
0: the legend.
1: The ninja. Um, So he's our new graphic designer. He started um, and super happy with the bet that we've made already. Mm-hmm. You can just tell. Um, yeah, and I guess the, the, the first indicators of we made the right choice, get on with the team. But most importantly, just get on with work. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's like in the past, we spent too much time thinking about culture and making them happy, blah, blah, blah. Like we've got them up to speed, given them some really interesting tasks to start with across different skills within design. And he's just shown his ability to push back a little bit in terms of like mm, that's not going to work like he's which i really respect okay. um so when we had a briefing session with matt about the website package we went through some ideas and he's like nah that's boring <laughs> and then he's like and he wouldn't come yeah. up with the other idea <laughs> we'll get to that because mm-hmm. he doesn't know the, the product well enough yeah, yeah. but he's prepared to say oh, this won't look good um, which i hugely respect so seeing his output right now in terms of what he's done i guess the only thing i want to say about this is really happy with the bet we've made. In the future, it'll be great to get him on the mics, I don't know, two, three months into the business and just hear from him what the first few months have been like.
0: I think one thing I th- I'm getting from from it is he, sorry, not he, is we or you, like he's been getting on with the project, but he's been given very clear guidelines on what, what's wanted from it. Whereas before, we're normally like, "Cool, we need to just sort of do this and represent a sale or a dis," and it's like, "Make it happen." Whereas he's been given, (laughs) he's been told exactly what is needed from the client, i.e., us. so yeah, he's able to work on it a bit more.
1: That pulls it back to coaching accurately. though. Accurately. One of the things that I learned is situational leadership. We can cover this on another show, but one of the things in my coaching sessions that I was educated to is situational leadership, and he's what we class as a S1. And I'm gonna leave that as a cliffhanger, but um, we'll talk about this on a future show, but it completely impacts how you lead
0: different people in the team. You don't lead everyone in the same style. Sorry, did you say he's an S1? He's an S1. He's an S1. He's an S1. We'll cover that off in a what future an- show is s and 1 to like s is is the letter S1, one s2, thing is s s2 s3 s4 is it like a an a1
1: we'll do this on another show but it it the, the whole premise around it is how i manage and lead you is very different to how i manage and lead leon or i might manage you both the same way in a in a new situation that mm. we're all new to it's all about taking consideration the surroundings your knowledge and how i then lead you to get the work done interesting
0: definitely for another show um Anything else? Not from me, mate. No, that's last week for me. Uh, So yeah, for me, just we're we're still hiring at the moment, like looking for a videographer. I've actually got two interviewees coming in today, Mm -hmm. as of time of recording, which is going to be interesting. Um, Yeah, that whole process, that whole process has been a, a little challenging. um, Just. Yeah, the I guess the role just makes like anyone feels like they can apply for a videographer role because they've picked up a camera or they've got an iPhone or whatever. Which hey, I'm not arguing with that kind of concept, but if you if you I just would be. if you just hit and apply and there's no cover letter, no showreel and things like that, it can be quite difficult. Um, obviously, you spoke to Lee the other yep. week. He then put us into contact with Scott, who is um. I guess their head of production. Production, yep, yeah, knows his shit. Uh, so I had a good chat with him for about twenty minutes, just talking about his process, what they do on the tools, how they hire, the different challenges um, that they face. Same thing; they get everyone under the sun applying, but you just gotta you gotta be brutal and just cut people. Yeah, don't give them don't give them a chance. If they, if they fell at the first hurdle during the application, don't then try and do you think, drag them. Through. Maybe
1: for a future show. Do you think you're ruthless enough to realize in four weeks they're not a good fit and eject them out of the business? Mm. Or are you going to come to me and say, I, can I, you I, please get rid of this guy? Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: good question. Not sure. Uh, p- probably. I think my concern will probably be knowing how to do it properly as opposed to just saying, look, you ain't performing. You need to go. My concern. But obviously, with- you can't fire someone like that. <laughs>
1: in probation you kind of get uh, <laughs> oh sound man that's good I mean. but my my concern with you um is you will want to you're a natural coach and whether you like to whether you like it or not you naturally want to you're really odd. Let me just explain this very briefly. You like to coach people to a point. You think they're being, um, <laughs> uh, you, you think they're being uh, dumb or negligent to the task at hand, or not paying attention to which they're dead to you. Like you'll coach someone, and as soon as if they're listening and learning, mm-hmm. I think there's a risk that you bring a video in who is showing progress, but not at the speed that we need. And you think, no, 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 but they're listening, they're learning, they're doing, and we get three, six, nine months in. <laughs> What are you laughing
0: at? <laughs> I'm just laughing at that whole thing because I can envision myself. Because you'll get
1: to a point, and then there's a breaking point with you, and that you will literally just lock the door on them, and be like, "I posted your camera home. See you later, mm. kid." Like you'll. My fear is I, that you'll I find someone that shows shows some
0: traction, but not at the speed we need. I would say that that all depends on the assumption of their capabilities when they come in.
1: Very valid point is if we're we're hiring to train, then the compensation, everything reflects that and we we build more leniency into the The
0: the understanding that this guy or this girl is going to need some training and hand-holding means that I shouldn't be getting frustrated that they're not learning or they're not picking something up as quickly as I'd like them to because everyone learns at a different rate. If they came in acting like they know everything and then all of a sudden they're dropping the ball or whatever, then I'd probably be less. Yeah less
1: lenient situational make a decision yeah. situational
0: um, which kind of brings me on to the the uh, the types of people I'm looking at it's mm-hmm. in, interesting obviously you get a broad spectrum of skill uh, and one of the things that I got from Scott said that <clears throat> he said sometimes keenness eagerness to learn and, and advance and progress skill wise is more important than the actual skill set mm-hmm. Because again it kind I guess it kind of goes back to culture fit and things like that like if they don't if they don't fit in the team and they're not willing to learn then it doesn't really matter how good they are um, again I've had an applicant that was like just he he produced some great things but but the guy himself was just I'd never met him, and it was already—he was already getting my back up. again. Don't know if that was just me, but <laughs> I last sh- time
1: this happened, you had a four-minute interview. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I, I showed—I showed this person to someone else in the team, and even like they got the same vibe. So that kind of made me feel a bit, okay. So I'm not just jumping to conclusions because I—I don't want to jump to conclusions. Yep. I want people that are good to join the team. But I just felt, oof, they're not going to gel with the team. Mm-hmm. So. Um so yeah, so that's where I'm at, at the moment i'm just so I've got like interesting skills yeah it's it's a it's an interesting one i think I just need to square away whether it's like like what we say is if this if one of them comes in and they are super eager full of energy but technically a few, a bit behind does that outweigh someone's actual talent if they're a little bit drier personality wise
1: We'll find out. Tricky one. Tricky yeah, we'll find
0: one. out. Uh, and then one thing I just wanted to mention uh, before we kind of wrap up as well is I had my phone call with John last week, last Friday. Give some context. from So we had a second Startup Diary meetup and from that we all came away with different actions and things and... Uh, but we wanted some accountability for those actions. Mm-hmm. So we all assigned each other, very confusingly, assigned each other people. I really <laughs> struggled with that at that point. <laughs> like, everyone's on the board. Why are you adding their name twice? It literally ended up to a point where <laughs> someone got, like, it wasn't their own name, but they got, they they were at the top of the list. I think it was like, it was let's just say it was you and Alison so it was Adam and Alison at the top of the list we went through everyone else and at the bottom it was like Alison and Adam it's like no the point is we can't report to the same person and you're like what are you talking about I've just 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 flipped the list is that
1: we ended up having accountability partners but rather than it being me and you pair off and we hold each other accountable we decided to say no no you feed into one person Mm -hmm. uh, and someone else feeds into you because what might have happened is one person gets all the spotlight in the conversation and then the other person uses an opportunity to shirk their responsibilities and say oh I'm doing this this and this speech next week mm. so it's one phone call like a coaching session mm. I'm here to learn about you nothing else really focused
0: yeah so that so that was really good um, it actually made me act on some of my actions uh, and again we've got a call booked in next well this week now um, as well to follow up with that again so just keeping the ball rolling and it kind of goes back to the coaching conversation we had earlier is we should probably speak to everyone about that and just kind of educate them on maybe this sort of different questions we should be asking and things like that. 100%. It'd
1: be great to get some soundbites from people as well that are taking part in this after the meetup in terms of what they're taking away from this accountability.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and again, I've, I've literally got a note on a piece of paper here. We're going to finalize the next date for the meetup because I'm really keen now because we've, we've, we've done a lot of learning from the meetups. So we've had two so far, well, technically three, but the two we've held at expert Rate HQ are, uh, has been what felt like a a two-stage meetup. Mm -hmm. So we're thinking of kind of throwing that dynamic into the mix. So we're going to get some completely new faces for the next two, technically. Um, But we'll square that off and put that on a future show. But yeah, I, I just wanted to say the meetup, like the impression I'm getting, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like there's big strides being taken from, like, Alison, she's she's niching down. Everyone, and, and man. Like, every, this, I like th- it's really beneficial for people taking part. I think
1: this whole first meetup, get to know each other, second meetup, we really dig deep. I think mm. what we'll end up doing, mate, is, like, running, like, cohorts of people, like, classes, mm. is that is, like, a class of people now that really get on and know each yeah. other. Like, we'll probably meet those still every couple of months, and then we'll end up running a second one mm. with those. And, like, we'll end up with two or three of them, and then we'll all come together at occasions yeah. to to Miami. connect Miami um, so that's you <laughs> this 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 week for me just to rattle through a new BDM starts talk about that next week in terms of what we're doing how that's going I think that'd be an interesting one because it's, it's a hard role mm-hmm. uh, it's a very transactional role so um, working that through is going to be an interesting one with the mics um, insight group with the brand tomorrow um, really big deal for us it was a, a large new partner um, and we've been given a really big challenge so um, there's probably something to bring on the mics about how we run insight groups, focus groups, surveys, mm. and try and get the most out of people within a room. Um, I'm doing a talk at FEX, which is the Plumbing and Heating Expo, so Oftagon give seven marketing tips for tradespeople at that. Team meal on Thursday, um, which is cool. There's like all of us there, including the kids, um, that my actual kids. I'm not referring to certain <laughs> members of the team. Um, and then last action for me this week is read the 60 minute father. Came out of the coaching session, um, and he just picked up on something that I was saying, and he was like. This book's probably gonna hit home a little bit for you. Um, And it's not about being a 60 minute father. It's about the the downsides of not being present Mm. and the regret that kicks in. So um, relatively thin book, it arrived yesterday. So I'm reading that this week. We'll
0: recap on that. And I didn't add to this week, forgot to, but I actually added another note, um, something I'm just kind of looking at at the moment. Not sure how relevant it is to most people, but obviously I think we spoke about it on a previous one about sort of financials and things like that. I've been looking at YouTube and stuff and then um, ended up in this hole of like, uh, uh, came across a guy called Pat Flynn who does smart passive income, then came across this other guy called uh, you know his name what's it Ramit
1: Sethi so this is like the what we're into this week section. so you're into Ramit Sethi
0: yeah and and just kind of the whole so he does a thing called um, I can teach you how to be rich I will teach you to be rich and he knows it's a very clickbaity shitty
1: headline that's what put me off him to start with in the first place but then you hear his content and he's he's really good yeah
0: he's not actually about being rich like his term rich is like you don't need a million dollars in the bank to be rich you just need to you just need to be able to do what you want to do because people just want to be happy, not necessarily have a lot of money in the bank. So like, I'm just in this hole of like business and finance and that at the moment, which is kind of exciting because I'm just looking at different things on, for example, how to get more content from the show out there. Uh, And yeah, and yeah, it's just a big Um, hole that I'm into. I'm
1: interested to hear like some of the takeaways you come away with from
0: Ramit because I think he's got so much Mm. content out there. It'd be nice to bring some of that back to the show. And one that just reminded me actually, and again there's a conversation we'll have later on an episode of Dad Knows Best um but he's got i think he's got obviously a few different websites i might even have a tab open here but basically i know we always say about business and to make more money or to or to or to have a side business side business or whatever is just have a good idea and then sell it and then you'll make money everyone gets that but it's like where do you start he's got i assume it's his site called growth lab Mm-hmm. .com. Um, and it's basically like just a bunch of blogs um, that is all about kind of finding an idea. And it's obviously it's not like a, there's not going to be one answer on there for you, but it's just got a bunch of different things and kind of helping you look at things in different ways, like is there something you do on a daily basis that you do for free that other people can't do that you could just charge for, like it's just a, if you're struggling for an idea or thinking I need to make some money or or I want to start a business or anything like that, there's loads of free resources from this guy uh, and I guess he's got a team as well that just kind of just things there to get kind of the juices flowing in your brain and get you thinking about things in a different way rather than thinking, I can't, I don't know how to start a business, I've not got a skill or a talent or a product. There's things here that just tell you that help you think and see in a different way.
1: And in case you personally haven't, um, he was recently on the Tim Ferriss show, oh, cool. um, so go okay. and listen to that. It's a really good Definitely interview. Good uh, him and Tim go back, so there's a good dynamic and chemistry mm. between them, so go and listen to that. Um, and then what I'm into this week, um, obsessive calendar planning so you see my calendar yesterday today um <laughs> i
0: was sick in my mouth nearly
1: <laughs> i think one thing and i, I might uh, i'll put it into the group or something um i've got to share it with allison actually who's my accountability partner um so for me one of the things that came out of my coaching session is something i'm aware of is sometimes i come in and i i get stressed about not knowing where to focus during the day and then mm-hmm. in the evening i get stressed about not getting the big pillars of content or work that i need to get done done there's not enough time. So, to stop me procrastinating or spending time on menial tasks, working out what the pillar pieces of work I need to get done are, and scheduling my day minute by minute so I know where I'm going to be, it allows me to say no to people. Like, 40 came in yesterday and says, Can I speak to you? I went, no, no, I said, I've got an admin time at two o'clock. I'll come speak to you then because I'm getting something important done. So, doing that, down to travel to work, running the dog.
0: What if that over what if something overruns? Do you then just have to make more time in the future is that the, is it, is it as simple as that? Uh
1: one I have to make more time in the future or two i have to understand i have to then because there's something in my calendar all the time it then forces me to make a decision on what's more important mm. compared to just letting something bleed over for an extra hour or two hours. Yeah. It forces me to go, this isn't done yet. What else do I need to sacrifice to get this done? Do I really want to sacrifice that? And it forces you to have those little micro conversations with yourself, which will make me hopefully
0: become more Mm. efficient. Um, But that's it, H. Anything else for today's show? No, mate, that's it from me. I am... uh, I'm so I'm ready to uh, get into a full day at work.
1: Sounds good, mate.
0: <laughs> uh, guys, uh, thanks for staying this far through today's show. It's
1: gone a bit longer than normal, but hopefully you've enjoyed it. If this is the first time you're here, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps other people find the show and those download numbers are what motivate us to keep coming back to the mics every week. And if you have any questions, comments, or you just want to ask us something off the mics, you can grab us at startupdiary at nbs.fm. That's startupdiary at nbs.fm. Thanks for listening and we will speak to you next time.